Hi everyone, welcome back to Too Much Sense. I'm Macy McKinley and we have a very, very special guest, Courtney Kardashian. Thank you. Hello, Too Much Sense. I'm Courtney. Um, I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> Give me one second. Mason, get off of live. I'm on a podcast right now. Sorry. <laughs> If you haven't gotten it already, that's Julia. <laughs> Being a mother is so hard. Um, hi, everyone. <laughs> it's Julia. I'm so sorry about that. Um, basically, I'm here a few days after septum surgery, so I'm a little bit nasally in my nose, and we've been having a lot of fun with this new nasally condition um, because I've been getting to live my Kardashian fantasy persona. So apologies in advance if that's going to annoy you today. Um, she's going to just shift in and out of two people today, Julia and Courtney. Basically, yes, because as I feel myself getting more congested, I might just have to make the switch and it'll be easier than than my voice just being nasally. It might be a little fun treat for you. Fun fact about Julia, she's amazing at impersonations, so you just get to experience that today. Yeah, you're welcome. You're not ready. Um, But the real point of this episode is not for me to do my Courtney Kardashian impression. Um, We are actually going to talk about all of the Netflix shows, movies, documentaries, all the content that we've been wasting away our days on since March. And what a good waste it has been. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I've, I've been um, having a fun time watching all this stuff. I'm I have finally... so many new fictional character friends. Oh my god, yes. So much more new knowledge. I feel like I'm always behind the trend when like a new show comes out. Like I don't have time to watch it. So now I've been actually keeping up with society. Not just the Kardashians. Keeping up with society. <laughs> Um, and I'm excited that I can actually contribute to this stuff. Yeah. Um, let's get down to one that I just started recently watching because of Julia and her family. And it's with the heartthrob of America, Mr. Zac Efron, down to earth with Zac Efron. Yes. Oh my God. Macy, this show. It's incredible. It's incredible. And my thing is, is when I first, I didn't really want to watch it because like Zac Efron, how much could he know? But you have to give it a chance to watch the show because... He, one, he's so endearing, so is co-host, but two, he's so eager to learn. Mm-hmm. And he is, like, the best sport. Like, they put him in uncomfortable situations or, like, different environments, and he's, like, down to try anything. Like, he ate bugs. He's down to earth, man. <laughs> he's down to earth, and I just so admire that about him. I had definitely, like, a new perspective and a new found love of Zac Efron after this show because he was so real and raw, and he talked about his personal struggles, and at the end of the day, like, he was really clear that the intent of his show was to, like, try to make this a better world. And I just, like, oh, that's so attractive. So important. Not just attractive. It's so important. <laughs> and I appreciate how his looks have changed and matured with his, like, future audience. It does not matter how old we are. Zac Efron will evolve to match our type. I, I love that about him. A little bit about the show. So basically it goes to different countries all across the world and learns how they're taking care of the earth and how they're putting into new sustainability practices um, that you never even think of. Yeah, and you kind of it's actually kind of sad sometimes because you can mm-hmm. see how far behind the U.S. is with, with some things. But it is, like, comforting to know that, like, in other places in the world, they're really advanced and, like, there is progress, even if it's not immediately, like, in our faces sometimes. Um, but we should talk about Darren, too. He, he co-hosts it with this guy named Darren. Oh, yes. 
What's his last name? I can't pronounce it. I forgot it. his name. I didn't even remember his name until you Sorry, said Sorry, all respect to Darren. But he's, he's great. Like, um, he's like a superfood expert, nutritionist, yeah, nutritionist. health. He's, he's an ex- vegan. Vegan. He's an ex-football player, and after he like stopped playing, he was dedicated to his health. So he, when he's going around with Zach, like, Zach is the newbie and he's learning, and Darren actually, like, has studied this his whole life, and he has published books about nutrition. And so it's really cool to have Darren's guidance, because he's, like, teaching Zach about, like, the different foods and the systems and all that. So it's a nice balance of, like, you're learning with Zach, and then you're also watching, like, experts. Yeah, and it's so interesting, too, like you said, how far America is behind. Um, but at the same time... I think if you're really not into sustainability practices yourself, like maybe you're like, I don't even care about the straws, I don't care about recycling, I don't care about composting, it gives you new perspective. And also that show gave me a lot of hope to know that there's so much we can change. And if you just approach it with a positive mindset of wanting to grow, um, it can really change everything. And I now when I'm like moving into my new apartment this month, I'm trying to think of, like, different ways I can really, like, implement sustainability. Absolutely. I went on, like, a spree of green kitchenware. (laughs) Like, I literally don't have plastic anything or, like, single-use anything. Like, I'm talking not even paper towels, y'all. Like, I purchased bamboo, like, reusable paper towel that you can... Slow claps. Thank you. Like, it really just changed my perspective. I was like, there's so many little things that have such a great impact. And there's so many things you never think of. Like, I know one episode, they showed these, um, like, potato... Um, what do you call it? Like a preservation lab almost. And it's like in the event that something bad happens to the earth and we don't have food, like these scientists have preserved every species of potato possible and are oh actively gosh. duplicating it in case there's like famine and like we can lean on these centers so that we have food. I don't think I watched that episode. One episode that really stood out to me was Paris, France. And what they did was they allow clean drinking water to everyone. Yeah. It's like a water fountain out in public and it's it's filtered, it's clean water, and anyone can have access. So even homeless people have access to clean water and how important that is for everyone. Even have sparkling water. I mean, come they even on. Have, yeah, mineral water. Yeah, that was touching. And they even have, like, almost like a vending machine that has, like, glass bottles, and you can take a bottle and fill it up. Yeah. Um, so that's just, like, crazy awesome. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely something I would recommend. In the beginning, like, the show felt a little bit awkward. Like, mm-hmm. in the first episode, I wasn't sure how much I was going to like it. But then, like, you see them become more comfortable, and then you get so sucked into the cool stuff they're showing you that, like, it really does grow on you. So, mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. Loved that show. Highly recommend. Especially, um, it'll kind of get you on this more path of watching other documentaries, too. Um, another, not really documentary, but a dating show. Oh, no, show. We're, we're transitioning from impactful to trashy. Let's um, just... <laughs> <laughs> this is this is gonna kill your brain cells. <laughs> married at first sight. I started the fire on that one because I said married at first sight. Okay, let me see what's up. I'm bored, and it's so weirdly interesting. It was horrible, cringy, the worst setup ever. But for some inexplicable <laughs> reason, I had to finish it. I'm talking like she watched it in like two days. Right? I did, and I was so annoyed by like the dialogue, like. I don't know. I don't know if they in the contract they made them, but like every person would say the word husband or wife, like every line. My husband. My husband. My husband. My, my wife. Like, we they, we'd never hear their names, y'all. It was always just like my husband, blah blah. <laughs> and the show's interesting. So basically, the premise is, is these people have been dating and they haven't found anyone. So there's three dating experts: a pastor, a sociologist, and a sex therapist. Uh, yes, a sex therapist. And all these people sign up, and they go through rounds and rounds of interviews and questions. 
And basically, they literally get married at first sight. They get matched up, and the first time they ever talk to them, see them, learn their name, is at the altar where they get married. And then they have insane, absolutely crazy. And then in eight weeks, they have get to decide if they want to stay married or get divorced. Yep. But during the eight weeks, you follow them to their honeymoon, their daily lives, their first arguments. They put them up in an apartment complex, kind of like in Love is Blind, which we also will talk about. But, like, all the couples are living in the same complex and navigating moving in together. And it is just insane. And this is crazier to me than Love is Blind because they don't even get to have a conversation with the person. They're purely being matched based on different hobbies they like, different things that piss them off, that kind of thing. Yeah, and so if you do choose to go down the rabbit hole and watch this, I will say towards the very end... There is, like, this crazy twist that kind of, like, loops you in um, with a certain contestant who is a literal sociopath. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's if you can get through, like, the cringy dialogue and, like, the, some of the stuff that the contestants say, like, I don't know. <laughs> it made me, even though me and Macy have struggled in, in the relationship world, oh, honey, it made we? me feel so <laughs> confident and comfortable because yeah. I was like, this is a wreck. Yeah. Like, I at least can do better than this at least i can try to meet someone out in society but it's funny there was this one comment the pastor made and he was like i just want to let you all know you're not going to find your idris elba or you're not going to find your bradley cooper here and julie and i we texted about this we're like that that hurts man because i'm looking for bradley cooper i'm looking for chadwick boseman i'm looking for robert i'm looking for scott but he's too busy out drinking (laughs) so uh and then love is blind will probably be my favorite dating show Oh, time. yeah. Okay, maybe not of all time, because I was very loyal to Are You the One. I haven't watched it. I can't find it anywhere, anywhere. When I try to stream it on, like, MTV, like, the website, they just don't play. I don't know why. That's rude. That was amazing. I used to watch that all throughout high school. I even got my ex-boyfriend on it, like, every week we would watch it. He said, so. everyone better watch. I don't watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette, so, like, this is my thing. Yeah, I don't watch that stuff either. But in recent times, Love is Blind is is really filling that void for me. <laughs> Living vicariously through other people's lives. We love to hear it. It's just, first of all, Lauren and Cameron are America's couple. America's sweethearts. I'm obsessed with them. They have a YouTube channel. They're like Instagram influencers now. I love catching up with them. She totally elevated his style. Yes. And everyone else on the show, honestly, is irrelevant. That's how I feel. But it's fun to watch because you're there for Lauren and Cameron's journey. And then you can laugh at everyone else. Everyone else is just a sideshow. Correct. Although I did have, like, this weird attraction to Barnett that I will never understand. (laughs) Um, And I kind of hate myself for it because I know that I, like, need a Cameron. But for whatever reason, I wanted Barnett. And I was just like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Like, this guy. (laughs) She'll bring him up sometimes. I'm like, please stop. (laughs) Please stop. I don't. Dude, I, if I could explain myself, I would. But the show is so good. I'm so excited for the second season. And there's people in the show that really piss me off. Like, I really don't like Amber. I think she's, like, just so intense. And she scares me. <laughs> she's crazy. She's... Wait, did we did we explain how the show works? Oh, we didn't. Okay, sorry. you explain it. Okay, sorry, listeners. <laughs> Very um, similar to Married at First Sight. Yeah, basically, the first season ever came out a few months ago. And it was in Atlanta, which I'm sad I didn't know about beforehand. Um... Let's be honest. Are you ready to get married? <laughs> No, but I think it'd be a fun concept for me. <laughs> um, you basically, like, date people without ever seeing them through a wall. They call it the pods. So, like, you're on a couch in one, and then oh, through the wall, there's a guy. 
And then you literally spend, I think it was 10 days where literally all day, every day, you just go on these little pod dates and speak to people. And then at the end of the 10 days, if you make an emotional connection without ever seeing someone, the guy can propose to you or the girl can propose to the guy. That was a historical moment in women's history. Just watch the show. You want to know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and if he proposes to you, any you don't have to wait till day 10. You, he could propose day two if you felt ready. But if you guys get engaged, that's when you're allowed to see each other. And then they ship you off to Mexico for like a quasi honeymoon, even though you're not married, um, to see if you can kindle your physical connection to match your emotional connection. And then at the end of like a month or two, then you get married. And like same thing, they give you an apartment, they set you up all this stuff so you can adapt to living together and you like meet each other's families and all that. But yeah, ultimately like you meet somebody blind and then at the end of the show, if you're lucky, you get married. Which is an insane concept. I kinda like the concept though. I do too because everything seems to be based on physical attraction. But if I'm being very honest here, I'm I wouldn't classify myself as an asshole, but I might be. I don't think I could do it. Like, I think if I saw him and I didn't think he was attractive, I'd be like, peace, I'm out. No, I agree. I think that's, like, scary to, like, leave it up because I'm kind of picky, too. And so I feel like that is a huge risk. But I also think, like, you have to remember it's TV and there's, like, people vetting, like, the contestants on the show. So, like, just because it's something viewers are watching, they'll probably pick, like, at least semi-attractive people. (laughs) What if I, like, fall in love with Lord Farquaad? Like, <laughs> for real. Oh, just hit my head. Excuse me. Yeah, or, like, in um, Married at First Sight, what if the guy is, like, 6'9", and you're 5'2", and then you guys look fucking stupid? <laughs> I can't even imagine the logistics behind that. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. So, anyways... That one's a really fun one. Yeah, and I think if you don't like dating shows, that's a good one to watch. Because I know I don't like them. I don't think Julia really likes them that much either. Um, so that was really interesting to watch. And I'm excited for season two. Agreed. All right, this next one's all you. Because I could not even finish the first episode of this one. This is the cringiest show I've ever watched. And my brain cells depleted. And I'm currently <laughs> trying to get them back. It's called Too Hot to Handle. And the narcissism in the show is next level. Basically, it's a bunch of, like, young adults who just love sex. And the whole thing is to encourage them to build an emotional connection rather than a physical connection. So anytime you have, like, sex, kiss, whatever it may be, you get docked money. And I'm not talking about, like, $5, $20, $2,000, $20,000. And there's a $100,000 grand prize. And it in the end, either can get split up to all the contestants or just one contestant. But the only money that would be remaining is after all of it's stocked, if you've had sex and stuff, all that. I'm sorry, I don't know what, like, Kiss is worth losing $2,000 for. And when you watch the show, you think the same thing, and then they'll do something, and I'm like, you idiot. <laughs> I, let me just tell you guys, I started the show because after Love is Blind was over, everyone was like, oh no, we need something else like that yeah. to fill our dating, like, void. Yes. And everyone was like, too hot to handle, too hot to handle. So I was like, fine. I turned this shit on. This was the ditziest, dumbest cast I've ever seen on television. I mean, just horrible. It's You will feel like Mother Teresa after watching it. Literally this one guy, I remember, this is shortly, I turned it off shortly after this. Okay. But the one guy, I forgot his name. He was like, hi, I'm, I don't know, we'll call him Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> He'd be like, hi, I'm Jeremy. And my biggest asset is my penis. 
And I was just like, okay, nice to meet you. You're like, I gotta go. And he was like, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty big. And I was like, okay, awesome. And then it shows, like, their heights. <laughs> and he's like, he's like five, six. So I was just like... I'm trying to remember who it actually is. I just remember he, like, the one girl from Georgia was, like, laying out tanning. And then he was, he came out next to her to creep on her. And then he left and then another guy came and creeped on her. And then I turned it off. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot to take in. And, like, they'll go through workshops and stuff to, like, shift oh, do personalities. They? Yeah. Not sex workshops, but, like, emotional workshops. But I was genuinely surprised that these people exist, and they do. I mean, yeah, I, I guess. You have to have something going for you. and I mean, people genuinely, like, do go through change, and that's really cool to see. But also, I was just so surprised by how materialistic and aesthetic-focused people were. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't do it. There was not a single ounce of substance on that show. It was. I did waste my time. So I really wouldn't recommend it, if I'm being fully honest. There's another show that I really like that has nothing to do with dating, and it's called Cheer. Um, oh, I heard, that was, like, a big thing. Like, yeah. I never saw it. It's so good. Um, Who's the guy that everyone talks oh about? God. He's, like, enthusiastic. Jerry? Jerry. 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 That's what it is. So good. It was so interesting to watch, kind of, like, how competitive Cheer is. And you get to watch all these individual people's journeys, trying to make it to Matt which means, like, you get to compete. Mm. I don't remember how many people they were, but I really recommend that. I think it'll give me a different perspective because I've never been, like, a cheer girl or, like, into mm. it. Like, you know, there's, like, stereotypes about cheerleaders yeah, and stuff. So that might be fun to, like, see another mm. side of it. Yeah, I used to cheer, competitive cheer. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, like, middle school, elementary school. Long, long ago, Oh, my, Macy. Macy. I know. I, was... I have to see these photos with the big-ass bows. I don't even think I have that many. I was fly, so I was, like, on... Like, yeah. So people just threw you around and hope for the best. And I don't like heights, so I wasn't that good. I was like, let me down. Let me down. <laughs> um, but yeah, I personally didn't like cheer, but that was just me. Um, but yeah, it's a really good show. I kind of recommend it. Interesting. I'll have to maybe give that one a chance, because I heard positive things. I heard that they loved the Jerry guy, and oh he was gosh. like, you know, a spirit animal. You're just forever rooting for him. <laughs> okay, good to know. Um, the next one that we watched was actually really disturbing and it has to do a lot with the current times it's the filthy rich documentary about jeffrey epstein um that one i'm not gonna lie was like kind of hard to watch yeah, just like is. as a woman like i am fortunate enough that i don't have a story like that so it wasn't like as triggering as i know it can be for a lot of viewers but even so like not having anything comparable comparable to that um it was really disturbing and i just like i kind of had a anxiety freak out after because I was just like oh my god how many other men in the world have schemes like this going on like it definitely wasn't just Epstein yeah so that was a little frightening and it was scary too because you know how many powerful people he was connected to and you yeah. see that in the documentary and people that weren't even mentioned mm -hmm. you know there's going to be world leaders all across the world politicians actors whatever it may be that were involved in this horrible horrible trafficking of young women deeply disturbing Deeply. Especially, like, U.S. presidents and multiple were involved. Mm -hmm. And that's just so, like, concerning to me. Um, so, yeah, it was hard. And then, like, now with um, his girlfriend. Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah, Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, she, like, I'm, I'm waiting to see what's going to happen with her. Because I don't know how, like, she's not involved after this documentary. Yeah. Like, she definitely is all up in there, you know. And I'm not trying to start the whole conspiracy on, like, if Jeffrey Epstein killed himself or not. 
But like you see, oh, I don't at, think he did. I don't think he died either. You see it at the end in this one. Um, I don't know. The examiner, whatever, was like, "There's no way he like could have killed himself in his." Yeah. Cell. Oh yeah, yeah. They gave us a rundown of his autopsy. He's like, "I'm not trying to say it, but I'm saying it." And it's interesting too because now with Maxwell, Ghislaine, um, with her prison sentence, she's had to change prison cells every single night, wear paper clothes, and she's not allowed to have bed sheets just in case. There's a suspicious, quote, suicide. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and especially the whole details with, like, the guard was on a break or whatever when it happened. None of the cameras working that night. Yeah. And I'm just saying, like, if someone's on suicide watch and you're the person watching that person, you don't get, like, a long dinner break, boo. Like, that's just not how it works. So, it is kind of frightening, and I'm very curious to see what other connections, like, pop up in the media soon as they, like, investigate more. Um, But ultimately, like... It was really eye-opening and really important, I think, to see, um, yeah. just, like, as a woman. And I'm glad that finally, even though he died, so he kind of avoided punishment, like, just to see all the victims, like, in solidarity and finally getting to go to court after, like, years of being ignored, that was really special. Mm-hmm. And it's just horrible thing about, too, like, all the people who didn't come out with their stories, there's probably hundreds and hundreds of more women that have Yeah. Um, a lot of them just aren't believed, even, like, by the FBI, like, how the FBI kind of ignored oh gosh, yeah. the reports from the local police, and it's just, to think that, like, our, like, highest level of security like that was involved, could just ignore things like that is sickening. It terrifies me, the power of money. Yep. Um, this isn't on our list, but Finding Neverland's about Michael Jackson. Oh, you've told me about that one. Um, and that's on HBO, I believe, um. And I recommend watching that. That changed everything for me. I'm not trying to start any drama. That was the hardest thing I've ever watched in my whole life. Um, it was pretty pretty graphic. Um, it probably took me about three weeks just to watch it. And it was like maybe three or four hours. Wow. Um, but I, I recommend watching that because it brings things to light. And I have trouble supporting his music now because of knowing what I know. Know what I mean? Totally. And it just, like, it makes us feel kind of unsettled about, like, the people we put on a pedestal in our society and how things like that can be let slide. And we could still praise them and give them money and stuff because they're, like, an artist. Like, I always compare that to, like, Chris Brown. Like, um, whenever I hear his music, I feel kind of, like, internally conflicted because, like... Oh, don't get me wrong. Some of the songs are, like, really fun dance songs. Mm-hmm. He's very good. talented. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then I think about it, and I'm like, I don't want to be supporting someone like this. So it's really hard when it's someone that big, like Michael Jackson, you know? Yeah, trying to find the balance between appreciating their music or their craft, but also separating the person. Yeah, and there's a line. It's like, is it wrong if in any capacity I do support their craft? Like, what does it say about me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely hard. Um kind of going on the same train as Filthy Rich, like, with the assaults, um, we watched Athlete A, which is about the scandal with the U.S. gymnastics team and how Dr. Nasser, who was arrested, I think, was it a year or two ago? Mm-hmm. Um, how he basically sexually abused, like, so many of our Olympic gymnasts. Um, that, same thing. It was insane. It was, like, there was investigation, but, like, the FBI was involved, and it was shut down, and the family, the girl who was the first one to ever report it, because all the other girls thought it was normal protocol, she lost everything. Like, she was supposed to be in the Olympics, on the team. She, you know, she's getting national attention. Incredibly, and then when, incredibly gifted at yeah. what she was doing. Yeah. And when she came forward, she was punished, and she lost her whole career. And she said, I remember at one point, she was like, I hope this isn't what, like, I got kicked off the team for. I hope they were actually doing the right thing and didn't pick me just because I wasn't as good as the other girls. But if you look at her score, she was better. 
Absolutely. So it's just, it breaks my heart for her. And it breaks my heart for all of them. I just, it's crazy if you think how much money we put towards USA Sports um, and all of the brokenness that you don't get to see because it's all about winning. It's all about money. Yeah. Winning is everything, and we don't actually care about how, how our athletes are treated. And I actually, this is not on our list because I just watched it last night, but there's an HBO documentary called The Weight of Gold, and it's led by Michael Phelps, and he talks mm. about many Olympic gold medalists, how they were, like, suicidal because they work up their whole lives to the Olympics, and then once it's over and you're 40 seconds, like, you feel like you're nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just a swimmer, you're just an athlete, and then if you don't get gold, no one cares about you. Like, no one talks about the silver medalists, you know. So all of this stuff that comes with an Olympian's life, and I thought about Athlete A a ton in that one, so it's just sad how, like, we do praise these people once every four years, and then otherwise we don't give a shit about them. Yeah, I know as a society there's, like, kind of a little bit conflict with professional athletes saying, oh, they make too much money, da-da-da-da. But I feel for them because when you reach a certain age, your career's over. So then what do you do? Your peak is at 32. And then what do you do from there? Yeah, and Olympic athletes don't make a lot of money. It's all about if you are popular enough to get sponsorships after. But from being in the Olympics, you don't. And think about the thousands of dollars you have to put into training, to gear, to nutrition, all of that. Yeah. One of the famous athletes, I think it was Lolo Jones, she was talking about like working at Home Depot and making smoothies just to pay for her training expenses like, literally, they don't get anything. It's so glamorized, but you don't actually see the rawness of what it's really like. Yeah. So, super interesting. Um, another kind of, not a documentary, but more like a nonfiction show, um, is Skin Decision Before and After. I'm obsessed with the show. It's... <laughs> I can see you're into that. <laughs> um, it's a plastic surgeon and a famous dermatologist, Nurse Jamie. Um, and they kind of, like, come together and help, like... Um, men and women, transgender people, um, kind of whether it's helping with their transition, whether it's like dermatitis issues, whether it's like a tummy tuck, and just like showing them like to feel confident again, to feel beautiful again, and it's just really rewarding. I just love medical shows. I love skincare shows. So when she's putting that laser on their face and getting rid of all that hyperpigmentation and wrinkles, I'm just like, (laughs) yes! She's like, ooh, show me more. (laughs) Yes, and it's kind of similar to Botched. It's not on Netflix. But like they're fixing like plastic surgery errors or something that's so rewarding see i can never watch stuff like that because i'm like grossed out by like the incisions and like the surgical part like yeah it's a lot i love it (laughs) i love it it's so good if you're into that kind of thing highly recommend very good show to binge also if like you're multitasking it's a good show to watch oh yeah i love a multitasking show um this next show is just everything we did post about it on instagram this week so not a shock that we're talking about this but all american yes oh my goodness honey season two came out this year season one came out last year and it is already like soared to one of my favorite shows ever the most beautiful people are on this show <laughs> and shout out to my brother he's actually the one that got my whole family onto it oh, really we were all like yeah we're not gonna watch like your little football show you know um and then finally we watched it and i was like oh my god this is more than a football show you guys this is a movement I started watching because a lot of my friends in high school played football, so I was like, oh, I love a little perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. But also, one small gripe with it, men do not look like this in high school. Men don't look like this anywhere. <laughs> they don't I've yet to see a man to, that looks like this. Oh, my gosh. That's, yeah, that's one thing I hate about those high school shows, because, like, the whole football team is, like, jacked. Like, <laughs> six foot two, eight pack. I'm like... 
Yeah, you, you don't know, exist. Nice fade, well groomed at all times. Like they've got style. Like absolutely not. No one in my high school looked like that. In another reality, we're both double on a double date, and I'm either dating Spencer or Darnell. I will be dating Jordan Baker all the way, yeah. or the real Jordan Baker. I'm obsessed with Michael Evans Bailing. Um, I watch all of his lives. I'm an Instagram like super fan, and one day he might notice me. Yeah, Spencer's real name is. Daniel Ezra? Yeah. And then you and he's British, you guys. Like, he's so good at American accents. Right? And he can switch on and off, and I... He's so attractive. <laughs> and then Darnell's Da Vinci. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. There, It's beyond them. I mean, there's options for everyone. There really there's, is. You know, if you're, like, an Asher girl, he's still cute, you know, for a Caucasian man. Um. <laughs> it's just the people... The women are gorgeous... Yeah, the women are gorgeous. Olivia is so pretty. Her outfits? Her outfits are Let me just stunning. go buy a maxi skirt and a graphic tee and I'll be right back. Layla looks like Macy's friend Paris, who's gorgeous in real life, uh, so... Yes. Admire her. Oh my god. Uh, Tay Diggs, the, the dad. Oh my god, I love Tay Diggs. Coach Baker. That okay, fun fact. Is the glowiest skin I've seen in my Tay life. Tay Diggs followed my dad on Twitter, and it was like this really big moment for him. Like, he pulls that all the time. He's like, look who's following me. He does. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but Tay Diggs, I, I'm so sad they stopped doing this season two. But season one, Tay Diggs' little coach phrase okay. cracked me up. He'd be like, y'all heard? I said y'all heard. And they'd be like, yeah, coach. <laughs> and it was my favorite part. Oh, and in season two, there's music from, oh, what's her name? Coop? Yes. And she does a little, she has a little song moment. Oh my God. <laughs> That's interesting. There's just, so basically, we could rave about the show all day. Let me just give yeah. you a little synopsis. Please do. Okay. Basically, the main character's name is Spencer James. He grew up in Crenshaw, California, and he's like a phenomenal football player. But he lives in kind like of a... Like top 100 phenomenal. Like top 100. And he lives in a bad area. There's a lot of gang violence. And so he's constantly like in situations that could threaten his life. Um, and his family just like wants better for him. And they know that football can be a way out for him. So basically the coach of the Beverly Hills high school football team basically recruits him and lets him move into his own house so he could go to school at Beverly and get noticed by scouts and like turn into a pro football player basically is his goal so it's interesting because like it has that cheesy high school dynamic but then it actually shows you so much about like class divide and gang violence and the reality of like people's situations um and like you know obviously like racism and things that come into play because all the kids at beverly are like so wealthy and they've grown up with like mansions and everything and it just like really puts things into perspective um and the character development in the show is so touching. It's phenomenal. Yeah. There's so much substance to the show, and there's so much you'll learn. There are individual stories. You have addiction as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's so much I learned from it and perspective I gained. Um, it's very well done. I agree. And I think it's something anyone, any age, no matter your hobbies, could enjoy. I mean, yeah, my, my parents watch it. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> so good. Yeah, so big, big fan of All-American. Love it. Another really on my top tier as well. The greatest show of all time. The Fab Five. Queer Eye Baby. Round of applause. Woo! Obsessed. I just love Queer Eye. It just literally is the best feel-good show I've ever seen in my life. It makes my heart so warm. And it's just pure joy. Yeah, all they do is spread positivity. Mm -hmm. 
I remember I, when the show first came out, I didn't know what it was because I never watched, like, there was a whole other round of Queer Eye many years ago before this one. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was watching it my, like, freshman year. I was in my bed. And I was like, I'm kind of, like, not feeling it. Let me watch the show. Let me try to lift my spirits. I watched, like, the show within two days, and then I watched the first season three times because I loved it that much. Wow. And I can't... They, they push out seasons really fast. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how we're already at season five. They work really hard. They do. And, like, you love every guy individually. They all have such an important component. They all do amazing work. And it's literally just about giving back to the community and taking individuals that need help and giving them everything they need to succeed. Yeah. And it's so touching. It's all in a week. Quick turnaround. Um, and it just shows, like, the power of humility and compassion and effort and how the smallest things can really help somebody's whole life. And you have no idea. Yeah, and you never know someone's story. Like, these are people you could literally be walking past on the street and they've gone through so much hardship. Mm-hmm. So putting people in the spot, like, giving them all the tools they need because they're already capable of doing it. But sometimes you just got to boost them up a little bit. And I just love the open-mindedness of the contestants because there's a lot of situations where you're thinking, like, oh, my God, five gay guys in this town with this person, that can go really wrong. Like, if it's, like, religious officials or, like, in really rural, like, conservative areas, you, you kind of, like, fear for them. Like, okay, what's going to happen? Or even, like, Karamo, he's African-American, and, like, you just wonder. Like, even in situations he said, like, ooh, I'm not the most comfortable in this area. And then you're just pleasantly surprised by, like, how they knock down walls and how people are accepting of them and it changes their perspective on, like, the LGBTQ community and, like, race. And it's just really beautiful to see that. And the contestants of the show are called Heroes, and there's a hero from every single walk of life. Yeah. In each episode, you have your Kleenex box right next to you, and you cry a little bit, and you laugh, and then you cry a little bit more. And it's such a great show. I recommend it to every single person in the world. Same. Shout out to my friend Patrick for actually getting me on the show. Really? Good yeah, job, he, Pat. he showed me. And for a while, like, we would just watch it together, and, like, basically every day it was like, hey, I'm busy, but can we squeeze in a queer eye and mm-hmm. come over? Um, yeah, I mean, it's... She definitely changed my perspective watching the show. What was so. your favorite season? Okay, season five, this latest one, is phenomenal. It hit. I think it gets better every season, mm-hmm. but I will forever have a soft place in my heart for season one, just because that's when, like, the journey started. And <laughs> Same here. It's just because it really started at all. And the very first episode is one of my favorites of all time, with cute little grandpa Aww. Tom and his whole journey. Like, just start it you guys because that one season one episode one episode will be enough to like get you hooked and i feel like if you just want your like spirits to be lifted or i know for me if i'm watching like a show that's kind of like intense or scary i watch like queer eye right i do that too i do that after like a horror movie or something yeah and then i I forget about everything i just watched (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like yes jonathan jonathan he needs his own show He he is an icon i would love to see a talk show from him just, this is just like an inside scoop to my life, you guys. I'm already planning on being Jonathan for Halloween this year. <laughs> I'm going to make it work somehow. But everything he says just cracks me up and makes me smile. I just love him. So, so good. Okay, so there's another show that's similar. I don't know if you've watched it. It's called Say I Do. I have not. And it's also with three gay men. Um, but it's about weddings. So they put together I've weddings. I've the trailer for this. And it's okay. really, really good. I haven't finished it all yet. Um, but they put it together within a few days and all these different stories of whether they couldn't afford a wedding or maybe they're not married yet, um, maybe had hardships, whatever it was. And it's by the Queer Eye producers as well. And it's so well done. It's so, so good. So if you're, like, into weddings. I'm definitely into weddings. <laughs> plus Queer Eye. Boom. There you go. There's your show. Perfection. So good. Um, next up is The Assassination of Johnny Versace. 
I'm super into, like, the American crime documentaries, like, um, Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk, like, they do American Horror Story, and that's always amazing. They're and so a dynamic duo, for they sure. They are. And plus, like, Darren Chris, I'm a big fan, so... I was like, I have to watch this. Um, fun fact, my mom and I, like, rewatched Glee during this quarantine, and I'm obsessed with Blaine. And after that was over, I was like, well, shit, I need more Darren in my life. <laughs> so I watched this, and I watched Hollywood, Watches which we'll definitely talk show. about. But yeah. I have to say, though, I did not like this show. I think that the same questions that I had, episode one, I finished the show with the same questions. So for me, that was a little difficult, because I thought I was going to go into, like, more of why he did it and like his relationship with Johnny which they touched on but really it was more about like his other victims and how he killed them which you know is important to like memorialize and honor like the victims but it didn't give us a lot of good like reasoning it was just like showing him killing people yeah you didn't really get a reason behind why he was doing any of this um it was really graphic too there's points where I like kind of had to skip forward because like the way he murdered people I'm like yeah it was disturbing yeah it was very disturbing um, but claps for Darren Chris on his acting performance. Oh, absolutely. I've never been that amazed by acting performance in a long time. He really, like, you could see in his face, like, the way he conveyed, like, the mental health disorders and the internal struggling. I mean, the way he was able to, like, unravel himself was incredible. And I'm sure that was very taxing on him when he was going through that. I'm sure he did, like, a little bit of method acting with that. I couldn't imagine what was going on in his mind, but he did an incredibly well done job. And I'm surprised he's not in more big films and things. Yeah, he's proven himself this time man needs and time a again. Um, who did I like? The lady who played Donatella? Um, oh. Penelope Cruz? Is that her? I think that's, yes. I thought she did a phenomenal job. Absolutely. Loved her character. Yeah, her accent was spot on too. I loved hearing her talk. She was like, Jenny. I cannot wear this dress. I'm not a model. Like, I just loved listening to everything she said. Like, amore mio, Gianni. <laughs> I'm telling you, these impressions always amaze me. But it's interesting because I read up on it and the Versace family was very unhappy with how the show turned out. And they said it was inaccurate and they didn't like it at all. So that was, to me, like, very surprising that, like, they weren't in on it and kind of helping pave the story. Like, I'm surprised that the directors just, like, did a whole show about them without consulting them. I find that interesting because I think, I wouldn't say it's a common theme, but I think a lot of shows do that and they won't even consult families or the like Hollywood eyes, tragedies to make money. And that's like a whole other conversation in itself, but that's not cool. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. But yeah, so definitely not one of my favorites, but props to Darren Chris for his job. Let's talk Hollywood on Netflix. Here's my thing. I liked the show a lot. It was very good. I didn't like the ending. Yeah. I pre- I could predict the whole show by watching it. I agree. But I also think that's kind of true to, like, the time period. Like, I feel like the, in the 50s and everything, like, it was predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get it, but I agree. I think it could have gone deeper. However, can we just talk about Jack Castello? This man is an exact version of Henry Cavell. And Harry Styles. He's their child. He, whatever happened to have this man created, was, like, perfectly aligned. God really does have favorites. Yes, and I just, I didn't care what he was doing or saying. (laughs) I was just like, keep him on the screen, baby. (laughs) He's gorgeous. He's gorgeous, and not just him. Darren Chris again, in the show, he was phenomenal in the show. 
Um, okay, Patty Lapone blew it out of the water. So good. Her acting was incredible. Her character was such a bad bitch. Like, I fell in love with these characters so much that I didn't care that the, the plot kind of sucked. Because um, I was just really, like, rooting for them. I love... My favorite character on the show was Archie. Yep. So good. Played by Jeremy Pope, I think. I think I just looked it up. Yeah, Jeremy Pope in real life. So talented. I've never seen him before in a show, and I'm, like, totally surprised why he's not, like, an A-lister. True. And so he's... So talented. He's, like, BFFs with John B. Yes, in, in real, real life. life. So yay for them. Besties that made it. Maybe we'll do that. <laughs> That'd be so cute. Um, very good show. Didn't love I could predict it, but it, it's a fun one to watch. And it was nice to reimagine, like, how Hollywood could have gone. Like, there were struggles about, like, race and, like, giving credit to um, directors and actors of color. And obviously, like, that didn't happen in our real history. So it was nice to, like, reimagine history that was more open-minded in Hollywood. Um, it was also... I'll show. I'll, it was also really... <laughs> um, <laughs> like, interesting to see the lengths people had to go to to, like, make it big and, like, all the sex scandals and, like, I mean, it's just really messed up because a lot of that stuff was inspired by true events, especially with the agent, um, you know, Sheldon's character. Oh, yeah. Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Yes. That actor. (laughs) Like, he was based on a real agent and, like, that stuff actually happened, so. That's disturbing. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, like, a big researcher after I finish a show. That's good. So I was just like, oh, how much of this is true? And so it's kind of messed up how, like, in order to make it in Hollywood, you literally had to, like, do all these sexual favors. And I'm sure it still is like that. Yeah. I mean, that Me Too just happened. So, obviously, it still is like that. Bringing us back to Abuse of Power. Yay. Gosh. Um, back to John B. Outer Banks kind of surprised me. <laughs> Listen, I took so long to start watching this show because I was like, this is going to be cringy as fuck. Like, this... I read the plot. I was like, all these kids are on a treasure hunt. Like, what is this? Moral of the story, yes. (laughs) And I wasn't wrong. But for whatever reason, I had to finish it. Like, I thought some of the acting was bad. I wasn't in love with it. But I still needed to know how they resolve a treasure hunt show. So I finished it, and I'm going to watch season two because I still want to see what happens. But I don't think it's the most well-done show ever. Agreed, but I think it was, like, a fun summer show to watch. Especially, I remember this was, like, kind of peak lockdown, so we were just really stuck in our homes, wishing we were out and about. So, mm-hmm. like, seeing them, like, go go on the water and run around. And be... I know, I was, like, craving adventure. Yeah, I'm like, okay, this is what I needed. I thought it was not that great, but I also thought it was good at the same time. I'm still conflicted. It's good enough for me to give season two a chance, but it's not, like, my top ten. Yeah. But I, I think what really moved me was the memes. I think I think that's what got me. So then I understood the memes and they were funny. I also have such an issue with the fact that he's called John B. John B. John B. Like why do we have to say the B? I don't know, man. I'm so perturbed by that. Like what it like would you just go around calling me Julia A? Like you don't just go by your that middle. That bothers me. Yeah, like why do we have to include the middle initial? So, sorry. Small <laughs> small thing, but that just really ruined it. <laughs> And I've touched on this in past episodes, but John B. needs a moisturizer and an SPF. Like, he needs to start reading the cosmetic report. It's bad. And (laughs) the memes that compare him to Debbie Ryan destroy me. They're so funny. He was like, somebody calls me Debbie Ryan one more time. It looks like Debbie Ryan. I don't know. I just, I saw this hype, like, John B. is so hot, blah, blah. And then I watched the show and I was just like, "Mm, maybe it's just me. JJ's hot. JJ's hot. 
Pope was a cutie. Yeah, he was so cute. So smart. Rafe was a meathead. Like, oh my God. He was horrible. <laughs> horrible. So, yeah. Um, I, I don't... Oh, Topper. Topper's not cute either. I'm, JJ and Pope are really the only cute ones in my opinions. I agree. So, there's that. Yeah. Next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Glee. We've already touched on this. I just feel like, why don't we as a society use music as a release in our daily... Like... I wish I could just break into song at any point. Like, watching the show makes me just feel inspired. Just break out into any type of Amy Winehouse song. Yeah, or... I just feel like that's the way to handle our stresses in high school. Imagine, Can you imagine? There's a giant political meeting and someone just breaks out into song and dance to diffuse the tension. So I prepared a number. This is how I'm feeling. Hit it. <laughs> like Nancy no. Pelosi singing something from Lady Gaga. <laughs> I don't know. I just, if you grew up with the show, it's really fun to rewatch. I don't know if you should start it now if you've never given it a chance, but it was really cool to reminisce. But also, I don't know if the Glee cast is like cursed or something, but obviously what, what just happened with like Naya Rivera and like that's just scary. And then you think about like Finn and Puck and like all the other actors that like tragedy has struck. And I just don't know. I feel so terrible for that cast. It's kind of hard to watch knowing that so many of the characters you love are, like, not with us anymore for awful reasons. And I can only imagine what the cast was going through. Because how many seasons were there? There were, like, six, I think. Really? All I know, it took a very long time to make that show. So they've been friends for years. So practically family. And every season has, like, 24 episodes. So. Oh, Oh my gosh. So just I could only imagine, you know. What yeah. going through right now. That's a hard one. But it's definitely one of those, like, coming-of-age, uplifting shows. I would say seasons one and two are the best because it's the original cast, and then afterwards they start bringing in, like, the next grade levels, and, like, you follow them to college. And those are, like, hmm. I don't know. Like, I watch them just because it's nice to see what they're doing in their years after high school. But really, like, the core of the show is season one and two, so. Do you have a favorite song they sing? <gasps> Oh my goodness. I know mine. I love the Britney Spears episode. Oh, that's a good one. Amazing covers of Britney Spears. And then they have that mashup of um, Singing in the Rain and Umbrella. That's such Epic. a good one. With Gwyneth Paltrow. My favorite character was Mercedes, and she did a song called Human Nature with Sam. Oh. That was a beautifully done song. That was song. gorgeous. You would pick that one. That's so your vibe. It's so pretty. I'm also obsessed with Sam. I think he's, like, adorable. And he's so goofy. Trouty mouth. Trouty mouth. And he does impressions. And oh, he's just adorable. He really is. We're going to get more into like, not intense shows, but mystery, murder. Let's talk you. Not you, the show Me. you. Yes. <laughs> Such a good show. I would have to agree. Okay. I'm trying to make this sound not creepy. Mm-hmm. But like to be in the mind of a stalker is so interesting. It's it's very fascinating. I think that's why people like murder mystery shows and documentaries to understand the thought process behind crime. I just think the way they did the narration, like, that artistic choice was incredible. Like, it makes the whole experience, like, you hear him speaking to himself in his mind. It's, that's wild to it's me. It's scary, though, how people were like, oh my gosh, I want a stalker. I want a sociopathic boyfriend. Oh and like, my god, No, sis. like, don't. I know we that. Don't glamorize that. I know we're lonely, but Jesus. I think it's one of those shows that you really do need to separate. Because I know his name is Penn Badgley, I believe, the the main actor. Yeah. Um, he was doing an interview, and he was like, it scares me how many people are like, oh, I totally want that. Like, this is not okay. I just want you to cl- like clarify that. Yep. Like, you think it's cute and on. It's not. It's not healthy. It's not. 
Um, but season two came out this year, like earlier this year. And I think it's one of those rare shows where season two was better than season one. Hmm. I absolutely loved season two. I'm trying to remember the show. <laughs> it's when he moves to California and oh. the girl love is the one he's oh. pursuing. This one threw me for a loop. <laughs> Every single episode I was like, what the fuck just Ser- Like, like gasp after gasp. They did such a good job. And it kind of like, like season one, you're like, okay, he's a psycho and like, you're kind of rooting for him, but then you start hating him. And season two you kind of are like, shit, he's being played a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. what is going on? <laughs> yeah, every time you think something's going to happen, it doesn't. And the it's exact like the opposite. opposite. <laughs> and that's why, like, about this show, that's why I wasn't in love with Hollywood, because I predicted it. This one, I didn't know it was coming, and that's what I appreciate about this show so much. And they are going to... It looks like they're setting up for season three, just based on the last scene of season two. Oh, man. And... I don't know if I'm mentally ready for it. The way the season two ended, I was like, can I keep doing this? <laughs> Is this right for my health? I'm going to have to mentally prepare myself. Yeah, but I don't know. I think it's super well done. I will say, though, and like, no offense to Beck in season one, but ladies, you cannot make yourself that easy of a target. I mean, she's in New York City, first floor apartment. No blinds or curtains, lights on, changing, changing in, front butt naked window, in front of the window, but naked, having sex with somebody in the window. Like, not even if you have a stalker, like, anybody on the sidewalk is looking in at your business. Like, you gotta help Privacy yourself is a out. a beautiful thing. I don't know. So, to me, that kind of stuff in the show was, like, stupid. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, obviously something's gonna happen here. Um, so I'm glad that season two, they made it less obvious mm-hmm. that the girl was, like, um, I don't know. I just, Guinevere Beck <laughs> just stressed me out more than the stalker. No, in, I agree. In the weirdest way. No, I understand exactly where you're coming from. Yeah, like, she is just, I don't know. She has a lot going on. She's entangled in a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Quick thing about entangled. Did you see the thing where Will Smith posted a picture on Instagram? <laughs> he was jumping rope, and he's like, next time I'm going to wear a kilt. And someone goes, okay, don't get entangled. <laughs> and Will Smith goes... Okay, this is very funny. I'm totally going to block you, but this is very funny. <laughs> like, Jesus. That's a whole other episode, episode. talking about entanglement. Don't get oh entangled with the show. Yeah, yeah, ladies, don't get entangled. This is two shows I've watched, and I'll be quick about it, but there's Person of Interest, and then another show is called White Collar, and these are both really great if you want a crime show, um, but that's not really graphic or murder-heavy or intense, um, just kind of, like, a thriller. Oh, good. Just, just easy little crimes. Yeah. Just, like, just, money laundering, well, like, weed, you know. <laughs> art stealing. And BD. Okay, so White Collar has the actor Matthew Bomer. My love first him. love. Like, I had two crushes growing up, and it was Matthew Bomer and it was Jackie Chan. Matthew Bomer, what did, what did you crush on him from, like, growing up? Like, what was he in when you were growing up? I don't know. I think I saw a picture on, in, like, Pinterest, and I was like, who's this? <laughs> and I'm dead serious. Because for me, it was American Horror Story, where, oh, I, where okay. I, like, fell for him. He's gorgeous. Like, he's like, <laughs> a perfect man. Like, I'm confused. I remember I saw him in New York in, a, um, a, like, a Broadway show, and I was like, is that Matthew Bomer? And I didn't think I said Wait, it Wait, was he loud. in Kinky Boots? No, that was um, the guy from... I think he was seeing the show Dear Evan Hansen, and I was with a friend watching it, and he was backstage oh, he leaving. Was... Oh. And I was like, is that Matthew Bomer? And he turned around and he goes, hey! And I'm like... Hi, how are you? He's like, I'm good. And he walked away, and I was like, oh my, I just saw the love of my life in person. <laughs> Has a gorgeous husband, beautiful family, obsessed with him. But that's a really good show. Um, what? I just mouth that they're all gay. <laughs> Sorry, that's just another. 
it just makes me like lose hope because every hot guy I'm attracted to ends up being gay and I'm not trying to be one of those girls that's like oh my god other good ones are gay but it just so happens that the pattern of my life has gone that I am attracted to usually gay men me too and a lot of them are in theater and um I have friends like you do know they're gay right and I'm like you don't have to you don't have to say that like Jonathan Groff also fell in love with him in Glee as Jesse St. James Jonathan is my dream. He plays Kristoff, you guys. That's her, that's her favorite <laughs> Disney prince. Yeah. Because he's a simp. But anyways. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I didn't mean to lead us down sorry. this road. White Collar's a very good show. I think I've watched like all... Oh, I think there's eight seasons. I've watched it twice. Such a good show. Highly recommend. Person of Interest is also a very good show. I haven't finished it, but I just like both of those. But one show you got me hooked on was Dirty John. Oh, yeah. Dirty John... First of all, true story, real, which just happened. Crazy. Which is nuts. And it's going to be another one of those shows that's like, kind of like American Horror Story, like every season is a different storyline, but I think same actors maybe. So season two came out, but it's not on Netflix yet. It's like on live television. I think it's called Dirty Betty. Yes, Dirty Betty. Okay. But this shit is crazy, you guys. This woman, like she's divorced multiple times. She finally tries one more time for love, meets this amazing guy on the internet, which in my opinion, I saw red flags in the beginning, but you know, she was open to love, marries him and she's really wealthy. So like, you know, they're splitting her money. She buys a new house for them, all this stuff. And then she slowly learns that he is, like, a con artist, and he's, like, stealing from her and threatening her children, and it is insane. And so this really happened. It was published in one of the L.A. Times or whatever, like, years ago, and she finally came out about it. And so season two was, like, another huge scandal. It's, like, they call it the deadliest divorce in history or something like that. I think the plot is that, like, Betty, like, gets a divorce but then ends up killing her ex-husband. So I don't know all of the story of that okay well i'm so excited to see that version of the season then yeah so it's just chilling because it's real but like dirty john is crazy and her daughters are pretty funny too well it's oh so funny and they saw it from like from the very beginning yeah her daughter's like mom john is a psycho and she's like no no sweetie i like him she's such a sweet lady i feel so bad um but when I remember seeing, like, Dirty John on Netflix, I'm like, is this another sex show? I'm a pass. <laughs> and then you mentioned it, and you're like, it's such a good, like, I know you like, mystery shows, Mace, you should watch it. I'm like, oh, so it's not, okay, cool, I'll try it. Okay, good. He's not just some dirty bastard. <laughs> but like, he kind of is. I'm like, what is this show? What are all these shows? And it's another Connie Britton show, and I just love her as an actress. Oh, me too. Um, Next. Unsolved it- Mysteries. It's different episodes of literally different unsolved mysteries. And I'm so dumb when I watch the show. I'm like, ooh, I wonder who did it. They're all unsolved. And it leaves you... (laughs) I know. Wow, I wonder who did it. I'm a genius. Um, But it's so interesting to see how people get away with things or how, um, I don't know, all these details and you can still not figure it out. And it's kind of disturbing. I think I started the first episode with the guy. um, He was like a Hispanic guy, I think. And he was found on the roof of a hotel or something like that. Like, the hole in the roof. Oh, yeah. I didn't finish the episode, and I need to, because I stopped watching it, because I don't know, I had to do something. And then on Instagram the next day, it was like, how crazy was that story? Um, So I was like, oh, shoot, I need to finish this. It was a crazy story. I won't spill anything, but you should finish the episode. And I haven't finished the series yet, um, but I really recommend it. Um, It's it's really fun. I'm just looking at our list, like, what is wrong with us? It's all, like, dating shows or, like, horrific murders. Like, there's no in-between. <laughs> queer Eye really balances it. Yeah, at least we have Queer Eye. 
Um, Next. Jonathan Groff makes another appearance with Mindhunter. <laughs> Jonathan Groff can do it all, you guys. No, he really can. He's so talented. He is the original King George in Hamilton. That's another one. If you have Disney+, Plus, you need to watch it. And I, I didn't expect him to pop up. And I was like, shit, he is dressed up like King George in this ridiculous wig and outfit. And I'm still attracted to You'll him. You'll be back. You'll be back. <laughs> she does the best impression of King George and we'll have her do it for you one Maybe day. if y'all are lucky, I'll film it and put it on too much sense. Oh, we'd be so lucky. I have her do it all the time. And there's this one really funny night where she was chasing her brother around the kitchen in the house doing the King George impression, and he hasn't seen Hamilton, and he was terrified. <laughs> he was fearing for his life. And I was like, keep going. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mindhunter, sorry. This is cool. It's also kind of based on, like, real events, but um, Holden, who is Jonathan Groff's character, is an FBI, like, student slash agent, and he's basically the one who starts... Um, the whole idea of like learning from serial killers in jail so he has this idea of going to visit like you know charles manson and like all of the notorious serial killers and he actually like defines the term serial killer so he ends up taking this tape recorder and like recording interviews and trying to pick up patterns and they work with this psychologist who helps um kind of analyze everything and it's just really cool because it's based like when it really happened i think it was the 70s so it's like very old-timey 70s and it just kind of walks you the process of how the fbi kind of modernized their approach because before the theory used to be that all serial killers were just born evil there's nothing you can do to avoid it and then holden kind of proposes the idea that actually you can create evil and like the nature versus nurture um argument so it's super fascinating really into it there's been two seasons now and i already can't wait for the third one yeah i'm really enjoying it i, I think i'm still on the first season i'm kind of having trouble going through it because i've literally watched every other show under the sun as well um <laughs> but i'm really liking and i'm liking the the setup of it have you ever watched orange is the new black you know i watched season one and two and then i gave up because i just felt like we weren't going anywhere with it yeah like after ruby rose made me question my sexuality <laughs> um for like a week yeah, um, everyone's I, sexuality was questioned. Can we just talk about that? I remember literally every woman that I've ever spoken to was, like, all chatting. Like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> we were all in high school, we are all hormonal, and we yeah. were just like, seriously, what is going on here? Yeah, I was like... Uh, oh my, oh, oh my God. <laughs> and that video where, like, she, like is a really pretty woman, and then she, like, wipes all the makeup off, and then, like, dresses up kind of more oh, like yeah. a guy. And you see your tattoos and stuff. And you're like, wait a minute. That went viral, I remember that. Wow, you just triggered, like, an old memory. I was like, how do you look better than, like, actual men? <laughs> it was confusing, you guys. Yeah, I remember, I really actually liked the show a lot. I don't really remember what happened with all the seasons, but it pointed a lot to the failure in the prison system, sure. um, what women go through in prison, um, you know, police brutality within, taking advantage of um, people. Also, like, really harsh sentences for really small crimes. Um, there's a lot of, like, political commentary. I believe it was, like, the third or fourth season? Or maybe it was the last season? I don't know. I really loved the show. I really liked it. And I remember when I would watch it, I'd have some friends being like, you watch that show? Interesting. And I'm like, what's so interesting Well, because it? it was so graphic and scandalous, like, mm-hmm. all the lesbian content that people were like, oh, my God, you can't watch the show. But, like, there actually are some really deep lessons mm-hmm. to be learned from it. If you look underneath just the surface level, yeah, you know. 
And I just find it interesting, too, because there'll be, like, sex between, like, a man and a woman, and people won't care, but as soon as it's, like, two lesbians, they're like, oh my gosh. Well, and that's, like, the reality of the prison system. Like, mm-hmm. hello, like, you're surrounded by women all the time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and even, like, with the prison guards, that was interesting. Yeah, and I also, one of the things I like best about the show is, like, showing everyone's backstories and how, like, they were put into situations that kind of made them have to do a crime, and it wasn't, like, what you think. It's, like, all these people just chose to live a terrible life. Um, So that really um, gave me, like, a new, I don't know, kind of understanding. Yeah, a new perspective for sure, because you assume that all these people just commit crimes for fun. And that's not the case at all. None of it is, like, societal. Yeah, Yeah, it's trying to get back into the loop whatever it may be it's it was really sad um so i i like the made it they made it humorous they made it lighthearted, but also it was dealing with some really important issues the most recent season talked a lot about ice oh wow and that was really important to watch too um they do a very very good job of taking current political commentary and putting it to the show in a way for you to understand and feel like you're in that situation wow. um and seeing the real errors that we cause on humanity you said it sis you know Okay, have you ever watched Brene Brown's The Call to Courage? No. One of the best, like, inspirational... I guess not even a movie. What do you even call those? Long talks? Documentary? It's not even a documentary. She's just standing Oh, it's like an interview? Yeah. Well, she's just standing on a stage speaking to a group of people. Kind of like a TED Talk, but longer. Oh, okay. Um, And it talked about how it's so important to be vulnerable and be courageous because you don't want to look back on your life and be like, I wasn't living the life I wanted to live because of fear. Mm. Um, and I think if you're like kind of stuck in a spot where you're fearful and um, where you're lacking courage, I highly recommend watching that for all people. Um, I think she- everyone feels that in different aspects of their life, whether it's like about their career, relationships, mm-hmm. whatever, like, you know, if I take this leap, am I going to lose something that's okay now? Like, you know, I could get something better, but I could get something worse. Yeah, it was really, really powerful, and I highly recommend you watch it on Netflix. She's a very wise woman. Um, a lot of, like, quotes that people post on Instagram are actually hers. Oh. Yeah, she's very wise. Um, so I really recommend watching that if you want to be uplifted. Actually, I might watch that tonight. Oh, very nice. Have you watched the movie The Half of It? No, and I'm looking at this list, <laughs> and I have not seen any of the next couple that you put, besides To All the Boys, the series. I'll run through real quick. Half of it's so, so good. Um, It's about this young girl who takes care of her father and works at a train station and how she, like, writes a bunch of papers for people at her high school um, and how she's just kind of, like, stuck in this place and she befriends this guy. um, And you just learn a lot. Oh, you've told me about this. It's so good. The The shocking ending. Yes. Okay, you've told me about this. It's such a good show, and I think everyone needs to watch it. I is like, it a movie I'm or sorry, show? not a show. Excuse me, a movie. Such a great movie. Um, I just really like the way it was filmed, the way it was done, the character development. That's on my list, because the way you told me about that detail and the ending, I'm, like, very curious yeah. now. And it's hard sometimes to talk about these shows because you don't want to spill it, but if, like, just, just take a chance. Take yeah. a chance to watch it. Okay, so All the Right Places is the saddest movie I've ever seen. I... <laughs> thought it was going to be happy because it was called All the Bright Places. So I'm sitting down in my living room. I'm watching 11 o'clock at night. 1 a.m. rolls around, bawling my eyes out, trying to go to sleep that night because it was so sad. Um, It talks about um, mental illnesses, suicide, depression. And they do, like, a trigger warning in the beginning, but I didn't know the gravity of how it was going to go into that. That was... (laughs) 
saddest movie. And they Jeez. try to make it uplifting. Are you it... sure that you want to recommend this to... No, I'm not. I was about oh, to say okay. I don't really recommend it. Um, I just wanted to mention that because I know another person who did the same thing assumed it was going to be really happy and uplifting. And they try to make it and they don't. I just personally didn't like it. I was wrecked by that movie. That's how I felt about that movie with Gina Rodriguez. You know, about like... she oh, Someone Great. Someone Great. Everyone's like, it's just feel-good, like, girls' night film. And by the end of it, I was, like, sobbing. Yeah, and you're like, what the heck? <laughs> like, this is not uplifting at all. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't like All the Right Places that much. And it's not because it didn't have a happy ending. It was just the way... I don't know. It was, like, false advertising, almost. Was... You, you have to be prepared. Yeah, and I think it was based on a book. Um, okay, there's three movies I just don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Sierra Burgess is a loser. Is that the one with Barb from Stranger Things? Is the main character? I've never seen Stranger Things. You've never seen Stranger Things? No. <gasps> I'm a bad person. Guys. I have to watch it? Yes. Okay. Okay, after we're done with these, I need to give a little Stranger Things education to this girl, Macy, right here. Guys, I failed her. Um, but I'm trying to premise was like this girl like faked her identity through a popular girl and it's just not a good show like the whole thing seemed to be validated the end and like she got the way she wanted it to be sorry that's so vague but it's not justified show like in the end they made it seem like what she did was okay she's actually a horrible person in my opinion (laughs) oh good um i didn't like it at all i didn't like the kissing booth I understand the appeal of, like, a light-hearted high school romance show. I watched it because of Jacob Elordi. So hot. That I... seems to be a pattern as to how we pick shows. Is that... <laughs> Is that wrong? <laughs> I mean, what do we have in this world right now? I have. I mean, come on. I know, I have Daniel Ezra, Da Vinci, Don't, and don't judge Elordi. us, guys. I mean, we have... We're just in our rooms all day, okay? If we pick shows based on the level of hotness of the man, so be it. Leave us alone. Leave us alone. <laughs> Guys yeah. do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, Kissing Booth is bad. And they just came out with a two, and I'm not watching it. But I might watch it again for Jacob Lordy, because, you know. Why not? And then to all the boys I've loved before, you've watched that. That is such a shit series. <laughs> it's a horrible show. It's hor. The movie, the first one, I was like... I mean, like, a movie. Dang it. The first one, I was like, this is okay. It was kind of cute. The second one, absolute trash in a bag. <laughs> I keep on seeing memes comparing, like... Kissing Booth 2 into all the boys, P.S. I Still Love You 2 or whatever, and how, like, the endings were just sucked, and they weren't justified. They are just so awkward, so trashy, so disgusting. I don't even know. I just, I don't love, like, rom-coms, if I'm being honest, if you can tell from our choices of shows we watch. So maybe that's why I don't like it. I do, I do like a good rom-com that's, like, cute and light and about romance, this is just so awkward. Like, the acting was bad. The premise is bad. I want something realistic, though, too. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, the first one, the premise is, like, she had... Okay, I don't even get the connection of the letters. Because in the first one, it's, like, she had written, um, like, fake letters to all the boys that she's ever loved before. Like, that were not meant to be seen by them. Just kind of, like, journaling almost. And then her sister ships them. And then her sister sends them out. So then all these boys are like, ooh, I didn't know that you liked me. And then she has this fake relationship with one of them to try to get another one. And so I feel like the whole letter part could have been left out of the movie. Like, I didn't understand how. Because then it focuses on Noah Centineo, right? So it's like, why did you need all the other people? 
And so they end up, like, having a fake relationship to make two separate people jealous, end up falling for each other. And then the second one, we went through all of that bullshit to get them together. And then this other guy who she wrote a letter to comes back and is like, BT dubs, I liked you too, even at the time you wrote the letter, and I still kind of like you now. And then she's conflicted. I'm like, didn't we just have a whole movie for you to get this guy? And you're going to let another guy come in and just take away the whole first movie? And doesn't she just pick the original guy anyways? In the yeah, season? spoiler alert, she picks the same guy, and it's a, a Guys, waste of all. we're saving you your time by telling you the ending. Let's be honest. It was the biggest waste of time. So, I think you can tell I hate that movie. Both of them disappointment one last movie recommendation i do think you should see it's a war on my list award-winning film moonlight it's on my list and the only reason i've been held back is because i heard it was so emotionally taxing it is that i haven't had a time where i'm like okay i'm ready to be crushed right now (laughs) yeah it's just it's really just a a must-see um it won an oscar for best film right yeah um so i mean it's it won an oscar for a reason it was like one of the biggest movies in the country for a long time. I remember everyone talked about it, so I'm definitely going to get around to it. You know, the way it was filmed, the colors in it, the acting, the development, it's just... The issues, it's important. Yeah, it's just, it's like total messy, so I really recommend that to everyone. Um, okay, this has been a really long episode, and we are aware. Um, I'm trying to think, though. I mean, we've already gone long are we missing any other movies or shows we've covered every single one on the planet i think and i'm sure there's more like basic ones but i think the last one we should plug is keeping up with the kardashians um i'm at a point where i don't even want to do glam anymore (laughs) so you should watch before i quit the entire show FYI, Keeping Up with the Kardashians is not on Netflix. Thank God. <laughs> no, and I don't recommend it. It's honestly just there for the memes. I get that. I think to finish up this fabulous episode, we should pick our favorite show each or recommendation for the audience. Oh, God. I would have to say if, if you were going to watch one out of all of these shows that we've discussed, I think my mood right now is telling me to recommend Down to Earth with Zac Efron. Okay, that should be yours. Because I was thinking that might be mine, but then I'll give another one. Okay, good. Oh, guys, I have to do two. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All-American. Yep. Season one and two. That was the other one I was debating. And then Queer Eye. Sure. Those are just, like, three really great shows. You're getting a little piece of everything. You're getting a little entertainment, a little heartbreak, a little hope, a little... Lots of love. Top three, man. Yeah, I, I would say that's a fair top three. So... Thank you so much for entrusting us to give you synopsis synopsis. (laughs) Synopsis. I think it's synopsis. (laughs) Don't ask me. She double checks my grammar all the time because I'm horrible. So we'll just, you know what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Hopefully we've saved you a lot of time, even though it feels like a long time, but don't waste your energy on shit movies and shows like to all the boys. I can't stress that enough. Life's too short to watch shitty TV. But yeah, if you've been if you've been on the fence by any of these, try them. Um, if you also have loved the same ones we have, let us know on Instagram. We love to know who else is a fan of the same shows, and we would talk about shows all day if we could. Yeah. So let us know what you think. And we will see you next week. We have some really fun episodes planned for you all, so stay tuned. Love you, babies! <laughs>